This is Melissa Milner. Welcome to the Teacher Eyes Podcast. The goal of this weekly podcast is to help you explore your passions and learn from others in education and beyond to better your teaching. The Teacher Eyes will highlight uncommon parallels to teaching as well as share practical ideas for the classroom. This is a zooming in episode where I zoom in on something that I'm interested in right now. Zooming in. Hi, Trisha. Hi, Melissa. So it's been it's it's been a minute <laughs> or two. So July, I think it was July sixteenth was our last Adventures in Co Teaching podcast episode. So Is it really that long ago? Yeah, I can't believe it. All right. <laughs> yes. So um, here we are, and our you know supposed to be monthly. It, it will be monthly from now on. We're hoping because there were some things going on we didn't know you know, we didn't know what we were going to be teaching. We didn't know if we were going to be teaching together for a while there. Yeah. We knew that I was going to be full remote because of health concerns. And, but then we didn't know what that meant for the co-teaching model and would it work? And yeah. So now the district, you want to explain like what's going on with the district now, like what's been decided? Right. So the district had to figure out how they were going to structure um, our return to school in this COVID era. So what they decided to do was to have a hybrid model, which is basically a week on, a week off with alternating cohorts. So there's a cohort A, they're in week one, there's a cohort B, they're in week two, and then it alternates moving forward. And then there was some discussion about that needed to be phased in because there are certain logistical things that and staffing that needed to happen before we could go fully hybrid. Um, so now we're a full remote start and we're phasing in the hybrid piece where students come in. So the kindergarten will start next week. Um, but for us, that means that we're currently full remote with the exception of our high needs students. So the students who um, require additional services, whether they're on IEPs or not, um, are coming in for those services full-time in person both weeks with me. And Melissa is at home manning all of the remote teaching. So drum roll, please. We are co-teaching. We are. Yay. <laughs> it was really in question for quite some time this summer, whether we would be able to still co-teach. So we're very, very excited. I know we always say we're excited, but we're very excited. Yes, we are. Yes. What's great, I, I'm finding what's working, you know, now that we know the structure, we know what's happening, we know who we're working with. We have awesome, excited, motivated fourth grade students. It's been a great start. Um, we started this past Tuesday, and then Wednesday, we had a really fun orientation where kids who are comfortable um, parents who were comfortable having their kids come in. There was just a quick orientation. I stayed outside with half the kids while um, Trisha worked inside with half. And then we switched. There were two different sessions. But anyway, it was really great to meet a lot of the kids, uh, even with masks. Yeah. And I've actually been really impressed how well the kids have done with the masks. That yes, yes. has been a pleasant surprise. Um, but it was so nice to see the kids and 
to just know how and just feel their excitement to be back. They were so excited to be back and see each other and see us and really get back to learning. They're so motivated to learn. They are. They're really, yeah. really motivated. So I think what we're going to focus on for this, you know, mini bonus episode, whatever you want to call it is what's working and what's challenging that we're still figuring out. And believe me, the there's a lot working, but there's also a lot that we're still trying to get our brains around. So, all right, Trisha, what's working? So I think um, the thing that is working is that uh, we're both being really flexible about how things play out. So I think that that's working really well. And I think the other thing that's working really well is we're pretty much on the same page about where we start with the kids and what our next steps are. So I think we're very like-minded in that way. So I feel like that's been really successful. I feel like that's working. And I think that the kids are really loving the learning. So I think that's going well. So they love the things that we're doing. Can you give an example of any of the things you just mentioned? Just a a quick example. So I think like for being flexible when you and I are planning and you'll want to do an activity and I'll suggest a way to either put it together or where to put it in or um, maybe moving it sooner or later. And I think that, you know, I think we're both pretty open to that. And then we always kind of come to the same conclusion. So that feels really good. I feel like that we've been able to get things organized and laid out in a way that really helps me understand what's going on. I don't know if that's a clear enough example, but. No, that is, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, even just taking the example of how we set up Google Classroom and a landing page and where we put the assignments and how we approach the assignments as far as putting it in and how the kids will get to it. And, you know, Trisha's so, we really complement each other because I'm not sure if I were teaching by myself, whether I would have known how to do that on my own. I would have been on YouTube. I would have been checking out Angela Watson's ideas. I would have had to figure it out with somebody's help because my brain thinks a different way. And it's so amazing. Trish is like, I got this. I'll show it to you. And it's been working perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, I think it helps that because we're digital, that we actually can show things in real time. Because if I say it, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but when you can show it with a, you know, share the screen and walk through it, then it just, it, I think it saves a lot of time. I really do. I think it's been a time saver in some ways. It definitely does. Any other examples before I move on to what I think is working? No, I want to hear what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) So like I said, I think our strengths are complementing each other. Um, And then I also think what's really working is that we, you know, we're not introducing all of the tech to the kids at once. So this past week, we just focused on what's a Google slide and how do you use a Google slide? And oh, by the way, we're going to be on a Zoom meeting and then we're going to do breakout rooms. What's that all about? So just introducing not too much in one week. So next week, we are do, we're going to be introducing Newsilla, um, the Newsilla uh, articles. And we will be, oh, and we did Edpuzzle last week too. And, and we'll be introducing um, Flipgrid. But they have already done Flipgrid, so we don't feel it's going to be too overwhelming. And we're also continuing, I feel it's going really well. We did a lot of growth mindset work last week, and the kids were really into it. And I think it's a nice way to start. 
the year. And now with that, we're going into the identity work with an understanding that we all can learn and we all can grow. And now who we are, who are we as learners is that next step. And that's that identity piece along with all the other pieces of identity is who are you as a math learner? Who are you as a reader? So it's, I feel it's really, it's kind of authentically coming. Our planning seems to be authentic the way it's working with the kids. Yeah, I agree. And I think just adding to that idea of it being authentic and, you know, the mindset, the kids are really seeing you and I as adults and teachers learning things as we go here, you know, they're, they're seeing (laughs) it, but really they're seeing it in real time. And I think that that's a positive thing, like for kids not to think that you have to be an authority on everything, that learning's a process and they're seeing us as adults who maybe the misconception is teachers have all the answers. They don't. They just are willing to keep learning. And I think that the fact that when we come across a glitch or there's a problem or we know how to do this with Google Classroom, but we're not quite (laughs) sure about that, that the kids, you know, making ourselves vulnerable and as learners and showing that, you know, we don't know everything, but still maintaining that, well, I'll figure it out. I'm going to come back to this or having the kids, even when the kids showed us some things. um, I just think that's very, very positive, especially in this kind of age where we're really asking the kids to do a fair amount on their own. We had students share their screen and teach kids how to, how to go in and hit view assignment and submit the assignment. And that was particularly good because we couldn't show that screen, right? We don't have a student view. So we had to have a student show it. And, you know, the students were eager to teach each other those kinds of things. It was very, very cool. We also had an assignment, you know, because we watched, there's a five-part series on YouTube. I highly recommend it. It's Class Dojo about growth mindset. And throughout the week, we watched eventually all of them. But one of the things was focusing on you can learn a lot from others and you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. And so one of the Google slide assignments was, what are you really good at that you could teach others? And we're going to have like a master list. Oh, we know these kids are good at these things and they can teach the the other kids about how to do this. And it's going to be a really nice way for students to be involved. And they're going to hopefully start helping make some decisions about what they want the day to look like, really trying to be student-centered. I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the ever fun, what's challenging? Okay. (laughs) All right. I'll keep it short. A lot of things are challenging. Yeah. A lot of things are challenging, but I think for me being in the building, some of the transitions are a problem because there are things going on in the building. So, you know, when you teach remotely that the inclination for all of us is to really work up to the last minute, you know, so if the school day ends at 245, you work till 245. But if you're actually in the building, you really stop about 240. So everybody can pack their things up, wash their hands, line up. So some of those transitions have been a little tricky on our end with the students who are in the building. And uh, many of the students struggle with kind of executive functioning stuff either. So they're not really sure where anything is to make a speedy transition. (laughs) So we sort of support them with that. But so that piece is a little tricky on our end. Um, And for me, as it is every year, there's always some scheduling glitches that are a problem. So 
for example, lunch in the building. They weren't able to do it at the time we have lunch. So the students have to buy their lunch during our math block and then come back. And so those kinds of scheduling things have been a little bit tricky um, on our end. So I feel like that's a little bit hard. I'm hearing transitions are challenging and we certainly can sort of have like a goodbye at 240 and then the kids who want to hang out can hang out and we could do it that way. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that would be a big help. So, and I mean, that's in terms of problems in the age of COVID and remote teaching, that (laughs) seems like a small thing to me. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just, you discover the things that are challenging as you go. Like there's no way I would have anticipated that. Like why, why would we have known that that was going to be a problem? So that's part of it. And then there was some, um, you know, the, the link alignments and issue like with the specialists. So the specialists were trying, so like reading, I mean, not reading like art and library and music, those kinds of physical education, those kinds of teachers. Um, there was a long discussion about, well, are they going to just chime into our zoom link? Do they have a zoom link? Are they going to lose kids? How is that going to work? So that took a while to get organized, but we did. So we're there, but it was a little tricky because we weren't sure if specials were happening. And for those of you who don't teach, specials are really when teachers have an opportunity to plan. So if we didn't have time to plan, it meant we felt a little bit like we were scrambling because trying to coordinate both environments and all the kids and the materials and the new technology, we really you know rely on that planning time. So that was a little bit tricky too, but I feel like that's smoothing out. Another thing that's working before I move on is to the challenging for myself is I feel our fourth grade team is working really well as well, which is really supportive because those two teachers that we're working with have taught fourth grade. Um, I taught fourth grade years ago. I haven't taught Birch Meadow fourth grade. So, and neither has Tricia. So it's been really nice to have our weekly common planning time with the other two fourth grade teachers who are super supportive and really, really good at what they do. And that's been, I think, something that's working as well. Yeah, that's been enormous. I mean, there's such a good resource, you know, not only for curriculum, which you would expect, but also for the technology and sort of how to organize things and what worked in the past and kind of sidestepping pitfalls they've had. Um, and they're just so generous with their time and their expertise and the things they've already prepared. So you're not reinventing the wheel. It's been, that's it. Yeah, it definitely, it feels like a, a really strong team. I agree. Yeah, very helpful. Um, challenging for me overall is I know what I would be doing if I'm in the classroom and it's just not, I'm not able to duplicate that or, or replicate that online. So I'm having to learn, you know, I've been, I mean, this is my 30th year of teaching and it's like, I'm having to unlearn some things and just say, this is a new structure. I need to make sure I need to put myself in the student's shoes? Are they on screen all day? I want to balance the day with the activities that I plan. I want to balance it. I want some online. I want some offline. I want some in a journal. I want some typing in a slide. Like I want balance for the kids and I want it to be fun, interesting. So just, it's just, I feel like a brand new teacher. I have a fantastic toolbox with all those years of experience and, but it's still, it's just challenging. It's fun. It's a fun challenge, 
um, but there's not enough hours in the day. <laughs> no, there's definitely not enough hours on the day. So that's basically what's challenging for me. Well, you know what? Yeah. You know what else is a little bit challenging too um, for me is seeing some of our students at home struggling a little bit with the technology. So, you know, we always think about kids. It's just a given that they're really good with technology, particularly by fourth grade, but we do have some students who are struggling with that and to not be in close proximity to some of those kids. It's hard to watch that across the screen, just watch them feel like they're doing something wrong. I mean, I'm glad we're doing so much growth mindset stuff, but it really is, it's always hard to watch a student struggle, like, and not be nearby physically to help with that. Right. Uh, and to communicate empathy and patience with the child through a screen doesn't quite feel the same to me. These kids, they are trying so hard. Eventually, they're going to know how to do this, and it's not a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. You know what that makes me think of? Um, actually, one of the things that I really like about the Google Classroom that we're using is that for those kids that we know we're seeing struggle and they're trying to post things, like when I went through last night and did comments... I felt like it was an opportunity to connect with the student, like to leave everybody a little note about their work, about make a comment about something that we referenced during the day. Like I, I was grateful to have that opportunity to add a little extra connection to the students. Yeah, it's a great tool. Yeah. So even though we couldn't see them in person, like they know that we can see what they're doing. We can add a little humor. We can know you know, things that we remember from the day that they did so that they, just because we're not on screen, they know that we're not thinking of, we are thinking of them. They don't think we're not thinking of them. And it's a, it's a great little feedback piece, you know, and, and that's why it's important to, to have the prep time because I might decide, you know, I'm going to take half of my prep time today to respond to some people, you know, like immediate. And, and I think that's really powerful, too, to get immediate feedback that way. Sometimes it's not immediate because, you know, we have a good amount of kids this year, but, you know, we can get to some of them immediately. Well, and we can divide them up, too. So if you start and I Correct. can still log in and see what's not done. And um, right. I think that that's good. Yep. Splitting work is the other thing that I think, you know, is working is, you know, we're starting to look at reading groups and Trisha will take this reading group. I'll take this reading. Look, so just finding ways to split up the workload and how to work with the kids. We're putting what the kids need first, and then we're deciding, all right, which teacher is going to do what. So I think we're doing it in the right order because <laughs> we're starting with what the kids need. So we're going to do a new segment. It's called Co-Teaching Crystal Ball. Uh, we're going to be probably end of October doing another little episode. And we're going to sort of take a guess at what we might feel the need to talk about then and what might have gone on. I'm, uh, the first thing I'm thinking is, you know, reading instruction and math instruction. And by the end of October, I'm hoping we're going to have some really cool things to share about our reading and math instruction and how we've structured small groups and, and how that's going. How about you, Tricia? I think that... Um the kids are going to get better with the technology. So I think that's one of my predictions. One of my other predictions is I think we're going to find a way to structure time more creatively. Yes. I think, I think that 
Um, in terms of co-teaching, we're really at an advantage that we can look creatively at our schedule as long as we get everything in and maybe get get to those students who struggle with some things more and give those kids who are really strong uh, enrichment opportunities to, you know, run with their skills. Yes. I mean, I think that that's, I, I'm excited and I'm hoping and predicting that those will be things that we'll be able to tackle in the next month as we look for, you know, ways to make this whole new world of classroom different and exciting for kids. Right. And I'm also going to throw into that crystal ball that by the end of October, we might know when we are phasing into hybrid. Ooh. Yes, that's true. If And we might actually be hybrid by then. We might. We might be. Dun, dun, dun. I don't think anybody has that crystal ball. (laughs) (laughs) And would anything change or would we really still be able to keep a lot of the structures and things that we create, even though sometimes the students will be in, I'm still going to be remote. And we have many, uh, we have eight or nine students who are going to be remote only, but could we still be doing the things that we've set up in remote, full remote? Could we still be doing that in the hybrid model. And the hybrid model is our whole class is in, except for our remote only, our whole class is in one week and then home the next and back and forth that way. And still maintain all those COVID restrictions. Right. And then the other thing is, I it's related to yours, is I predict that we will be more creatively using our three days a week Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have something called an intervention time. We call it win time, what I need. I think we're going to be super creative using that time. I agree. Thank you, Trisha. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Adventures in (laughs) Co-Teaching. If you enjoyed this episode and have not done so already, please hit the subscribe button for the Teacher As podcast so you can get future episodes. I would love for you to leave a review and a rating as well if you have time. For my blog, transcripts of this episode, and links to any resources mentioned, visit my website at www.theteacheras.com. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Melissa B. Milner. And I hope you check out the Teacher As Facebook page for episode updates. I am sending a special thanks to Linda and Lester Fleischman, my mom and dad, for being so supportive. They are the voices you hear in the Zooming In soundbite. And my dad composed and performed the background music you are listening to right now. My intro music was Upbeat Party by Scott Holmes. So what are you Zooming In on? I would love to hear from you. My hope is that we all share what we are doing in the classroom in order to teach, remind, affirm, and inspire each other. Thanks for listening. And that's a wrap.